podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the SG Tour Report from Secret Golf and it's our podcast for the Masters. We've been waiting so long for this. What an amazing week. Right, there's so much to cram into the podcast today. So first up, as always, we have the SG Tour Report. Now, don't forget, it's actually a TV show that goes out every Wednesday at 2pm on the Sports Grid Network. And you can find that at sportsgrid.com or search for it on any of your TV streaming services. We go through the field. We talk about the course, the skill set required to do well around Augusta National and the impact in the change of year. As you know, I'm sure, the Masters is usually held in April. So to have it in November is going to mean a different golf course. I saw a lot of pictures and videos last week of people saying that it looked exactly the same. However, we've been talking to our SG Tour contributors, the players in the field, some caddies, other people on site telling us a completely different story and what it's going to take to do well at the Masters 2020. Now, Elk and I go through the field and the stats and we give you our top 10 guys in the win zone, then our sizzlers, fizzlers and some dark horse picks, which that's always my favourite part. But also I've been talking to Andrew Landry from Augusta and as well as having little bits kind of cut in throughout the SG Tour report, there is the full interview at the end of this podcast. So there's some great insights from him about um, Bryson and why he thinks Bryson is the firm favourite this week, which he is, we know that. But also how Andrew's maybe had to adapt his strategy a little bit um, and just what the course is like. There's some amazing nuggets of information about what um, how it's actually playing and what it's going to be like without fans. Anyway, I don't want to ramble on because there's so much to get into. But before we kick it off, our gaming app is back this week. It's called the SG Tour and you can find it in the app store on your iPhone. So just go in there and search for SG Tour and then we have all of our games open. Um, we go into detail about how to play along during the report, but um, you can set up little games against your friends. You can pick your four ball team for the week. You can pick guys for each individual day and that gets really exciting when it comes to the weekend and the cuts being made. So um, all you have to do is go into the app store on your iPhone and search for SG Tour. Have a little play around because we have a lot of content in there, flyovers of all the holes around Augusta National and um, the full video of my chat with Andrew Landry is up there too. I told you there was a lot this week but without further ado let's get right into it. Here's all the information you will need for your picks this week. If you haven't been living under a rock for the past couple of weeks, um, you'll know that the colour of my shirt says a lot today and my coffee mug that I'm using because it's Masters Week, the biggest week on the golf calendar. Now, um, it's the final major of 2020. It's the one that we've been waiting for for such a long time because... It originally was scheduled to go ahead in April, as it always does. So November is a completely different time for this huge event in Augusta, Georgia. Now, of course, the weather is going to be different. That means the course conditions are going to be different. There's so much that is going to change up this year. But the winner is still going to receive that iconic green jacket on Sunday. Last year, it was Tiger Woods. Can he do it again? Well, we're going to talk about all of that on the show today. Also, I'm going to be joined by Andrew Landry, who's one of our Secret Golf contributors. He's in the field this week, so we talked to him from Augusta. And a little bit later on, Jay Kaplan is going to be here to help with our picks. Well, how lucky am I that my co-host on the show has not only played Augusta National multiple times, including at this time of the year, but has competed in many Masters. Steve Elkington, I've missed you the past couple of weeks. I'm happy you're back. <laughs> Thank you, Diane. I've missed you too. Um, I was talking to my daughter, this Diane, uh, who is now a, a high school teacher. And in 1995, she was born on the Tuesday of the Masters. And I went on and finished third in the Masters behind Ben Crenshaw in 1995. I didn't have a chance to win, but my trophy certainly was my daughter, Annie, 
This tournament, Diane, reminds me a little bit about 1997 when I was at the, I was actually lucky enough to be the leading money winner coming into the tournament. I had just won Doral and I had just won the Players' Championship back to back. And I was on fire coming into the Masters in 1997. And I remember a funny thing happened on Wednesday evening, Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer took the young man, Tiger Woods, out to play nine holes on the back nine. We didn't think much of it, but when Jack and Arnold came back into the, into the clubhouse and they were at the bar in the locker room at Augusta, they started talking about how this young man, Tiger Woods, would win more Masters than them two combined. And that sent shockwaves through the tour. Tiger, of course, went on to win the tournament 12 shots that week, Diane. But this week is very reminiscent. All eyes are on Bryson DeJambeau, and we have handicapped this week in a, in a very particular way. Almost all the stats are out this week, Diane, because this is all about catching this man that everyone has. They all have the tensions all on him. That was a very dramatic throw. I liked it. Um, we have so much to talk about on the show this week. And Andrew Landry, who's a Secret Golf contributor, he's playing his second Masters and we're going to catch up with him from Augusta. He's got a lot to talk about, especially when it comes to Bryson. And driving distance is going to be a big advantage this week. But we do have to talk about the course in November. So you played it. It was randomly this week last year. The course is playing very long. It's going to be playing wet. So handicapping this week, Diane, with Bryson at the top of the board and how we see him, how he's going to, uh, he's causing havoc in the, in the players' minds this week. And there's only a few, I think, that are sort of exempt from being, in, being taken down in here. Let's talk about Tiger Woods quickly. He's defending champion. Obviously, he won the Masters in April 2019. So there's been a, a long wait for him to come back and defend. What do you think of Tiger's chances this week? Tiger's not driving the ball well. He's not hitting his irons well. And more, than, more, more concerning for everyone is he's not been putting well. Plus, he doesn't have the crowd. He doesn't have any intimidation factor. He does, however, have four green jackets, or is it five? I think it's five, four? Yeah. Five green jackets. He knows what he's got to do. The whole trick, whole strategy at Augusta Diane is standing on the tee. We saw Tiger meticulously pick apart the back nine last year, never made a mistake. Everybody else away. Tiger knows exactly what he's going to do. The question is, he can't hit it where he wants to. Yeah. And that's problem and he doesn't have any form you know the main point of this show is we're giving you information to make picks and hopefully win money and this week we're just taking it one step further we have an app that allows you to go on and play games against your friends to try and win some cash we're so happy that we get to play along this week sg tour app you can download it on the iphone uh it's we it's all been created by tour players and golfers this is where you can join your friends together, pick how much you want to play for, you and I. I used to be able to beat you easy, and now it's so hard because you know, <laughs> you know, all, you know all the inside stuff. Yes. But we also have flyovers, and we also have interviews from our tour players right in the app. So if you're interested this week, well, the two games that we offer for the week this week, Diane, one is called a four-ball game. We take one player from each part of the world rankings. That's your team, and you'll – um, you'll follow that team. It'll have a, a leaderboard just like the regular golf leaderboard. You'll be playing against your friends or you'll be playing against me and you. Yes. Um, you'll be taking a cumulative score. So if your A makes a par, your B makes a par, your C makes a par, and your D makes a birdie, you're one under as a team. We have another game this week called Money Grabber. A lot of people love Money Grabber because you pick four tour players and it's the amount of money that they make for the week combined. Yeah. And people like this game, Diane, because if you have three guys that miss the cut, they can still have the champion and win the whole game. So that's fun too. Never used I used to, have to think it. that I could beat you because you always bet with your heart. heart. Now, all of a sudden, that you've become an expert in all this data. Right, Elk, we're going to dive into our top 10 guys in the win zone very soon and talk about the, uh, the guy that's on everyone's lips right now. But first of all, there's been a change to the cut at the Masters. So this year, it's going to be top 50 and ties but it used to be that the guys that were in 10 shots of the lead would play the weekend as well and this year they've scrapped that 
There's 93 players playing this week, Diane. They're playing off two tees the first two days. I'm assuming that's for a little uh, buffer for um, daylight. So they make sure they get because less daylight this time of the year. But I think the hard 50 cut this week, Diane, is all about the course is going to play long. Yeah. And it's going to the scores. I'm thinking they're going to be a little bit higher. So if, let's say the leader after two days was five under. In the old days, it was with if you were in 10 shots, that means five over would make it. That could be the whole field again. Yeah. So they've done a hard cut. They've done a hard cut this week, Diane, top 50 and ties. That'll be fine. Everybody knows it. Off you go. Make sure you get yourself uh, around maybe one under. Make sure you're inside that cut line. Yeah, right. Talking of the course, playing long and it's going to be soft. We caught up with one of our secret golf contributors, Andrew Landry. He's got two wins on the PGA Tour. This is his second Masters. He missed the cut at the Houston Open, which meant he got to go to Augusta National a little bit early. So there's a bonus. And he told us exactly what the course is like. Um, honestly, I think it's some, some of the pin locations are, um, they look like they're just sitting on top of just a three by three piece of dirt and it's on, you know, a plateau. And, um, and the, the biggest thing I learned was sometimes it's better to be short sighted at Augusta national than it is to be putting from 30 feet. So, um, with that being said, you know, there's some whole locations, that, um, I'm going to go at and you're, you're going to see guys go at and you're going to be like, wow, would you ever go with those, that pin? And, um, it's just a little bit easier chip shot than it is a putt. So, um, you know, take for instance, the front right pin on 16, um, the one that's kind of on that right slope over there. Um, it's better to be, if you, if you miss the green, right, you're chipping straight up the hill. And if not, then you kind of have to have a pretty footer up and over, uh, up and over a big slope in the green and, um, you know, control your speed. So, um, sometimes it's better to just, you know, take and try to go hit you a good shot. And, um, if you pull it off, great. If not, then, you know, you're going to have a good, easy chip shot up straight up the hill. Okay. There's so much talk right now about driving distance and everything that Bryson's doing. How much of an advantage do you think distance is off the tee around here? Uh, this week, huge. Okay. It's going to be so big. Not even funny. It's because the golf course is playing so slow. I mean, it's so slow right now um the, the fairways soft and we're about to get i think an inch and a half of rain tomorrow so it's going to play even longer and um i don't know I, I wouldn't think that they would do anything with the tee boxes but it, i could be wrong um it's uh it's going to play a, a, it's a big golf course this year so um you know, Bryson does have a huge advantage, and um, I was I was kind of paying attention to some of the spots that he was driving at yesterday because he was kind of play he was playing the front nine, we were playing the back nine, and we were coming down seventeen, he was going down seven, and I mean, I saw him, he was like forty yards out on seven from the green, and I was just like, wow, man, how did you even get there? But and then nine, he he, he drove it, you know, way down past the trees um, on the left, and you know, that's, you, you open up that fairway and, you know, you have all the way from seven green all the way to the scoreboard on nine is his fairway. So it's a 300 yard long fairway, you know, that he can, a 300 yard wide fairway that he can hit because he's driving it down so far. So um, it's a big advantage. That golf course is going to open up a lot for him. Mm -hmm. um, it, he's, he's got to be a huge favorite this week. But it's it's so severe that it's fair, you know. Like there's there's um it, it's just a it's it's the it's the most well designed golf course that I've ever played. Like every single thing about the golf course is perfect, mm -hmm. and um there there's not really one thing that I wouldn't change besides the tee on five. Like I don't think that I would ever change. I would that hole doesn't need to be that long, mm -hmm. and um it that's the only that's the only flaw of that golf course that I can ever pick apart and um it's just so everything is fair you can go out and play a great round of golf and be rewarded mm -hmm. and you can get your butt whipped and um <laughs> it'd be it'd be tough so uh, if you don't have control of your irons and um your driver you're gonna be you're gonna be playing a lot from the trees and and having a hard time
So Elk, as Landry said, driving distance is going to be a huge advantage this week. Yes, Diane, and the way that I'm thinking about this tournament, um, Bryson DeChambeau on hole number two. I'm not exactly sure what the bunker carry is down the right, Diane. I would say it's 300 yards, maybe 322 the bunker. Bryson's going right over it. Once you go over that bunker, Diane, it's 100 yards wide of turf. Nobody else can carry that bunker. And that is giving him such an advantage because the ball goes down the hill and now he's playing into the green with a seven or an eight iron par five. Remember, we saw Louis Oosthuizen, one of the longest hitters years ago, make a two on that hole. I think he hit a long iron or, and had to run the ball between the bunkers and it went all the way around. No, 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 no. Bryson's eight iron to the green at number two, Diane. Insanity. He has absolutely spread eagled this field mentally, Diane. Yeah. I, am putting, I am putting Bryson DeJambeau. I'm him a birdie on every par five each day. That's 16 under. And I'm going to penalize him one bogey for the rest of the course. So I've got him at 12 under, wow. finishing this event. Tiger Woods wow. won last year at 13 under. So now, Diane, for me to handicap the field, I've got to look at this very closely to see who else mm -hmm. is, A, not mentally psyched out, that can continue to put the pressure on Bryson because right now all the pressure Bryson has on the whole field. They know what he's going to do. They know that he can catch up very quickly. Who has won at Augusta? Who has won multiple times at Augusta? And what, what characteristics do they leave? Stevie Ballesteros comes to mind. Genius, chipper great putter, long and wild driver. Bernard Langer, not that long a driver, great putter, great chipper. Zach Johnson, short hitter. Then we go on the other side, Ben Crenshaw, incredible putter, one of the greatest putters ever lived. Jack Nicholas, of course, power play, but he always played the percentages, hitting the ball where he knows where he is. Now, We've heavily weighted this field, Diane. The only way that you can play well at Augusta, I played well there twice, third twice. You have to hit the irons magnificently because if you find yourself on the wrong side of the pin, 10 feet side as opposed to the other, one of them you can't make. The other one you might make nine times out of 10. It's all about location on the greens with your second shot. We know that... Um, the reason you may think, well, Elk just talked about a bunch of medium-ranged hitters, and now we're talking about Bryson. Bryson's hitting the ball so far down the fairway. We know there's room at Augusta to make some mistakes. We've mm -hmm. seen it with Tiger Woods. He's played out of all kinds of different fairways. We saw Bubba Watson win two, two times, hitting it out of trees and so on. Um, he's so much further down there, Diane. It's going to be wet. It's in the fall. Bryson has the most biggest advantage I've ever seen for going into this week. Right. So having said all of that, and before we go on to look at Bryson's stats, what are the key ones that we're going to be basing our report on this week? Diane, it's all about, you know, distance off the tee this week. All the big hitters have such an advantage. Um, but proximity to the hole, how do you hit your irons? How do you putt? How do you make five footers? We know that Augusta... We have to see these guys make that second putt. If they do miss a green, they'll, they'll, they'll pitch the ball up and they've got to be able to hold those crucial three, four footers. We've seen it every year. Uh, it's all about iron play. Why are we picking Bryson if he hits it so long? Because he's so far up there, he'll only be hitting a wedge to the green as opposed to the guys back here like Andrew Landry just stated. He'll be back here hitting a five iron. They, they can't compete over 72 holes. We may see a... A newcomer come out of the gate, Diane, but over the course of the week, the pressure is still the pressure at the Masters. It's no surprise that Bryson DeChambeau comes out at number one on our list. Elk, this guy is going to do stuff around Augusta National that we have never seen before. Not only is he going to do stuff around Augusta National, but he is in every player's heads. He's going to destroy the par fives. Mm -hmm. They already got him mentally like I do at 12 under. How can they get to 12 under? Can they get to 12 under? Awesome amount of ball striking to keep in pace with a guy that's going to be basically playing off the ladies' tees in yeah. their mind to a certain extent. 
So coming in at number two is another guy who's known for being a big hitter on tour. But when you look at his current form and his 2021 stats so far, which are a little bit limited, he's not up there. In, he's, I mean, he's out with the top 100 in distance. You have to take that with a little bit of a pinch of salt because he has played Augusta National a lot. And he has got that winning mentality that not many guys have. That's Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas uh, is what I call a lifer. I don't care what the stats say about him driving the ball far. He just played in Vegas where he had to lay up every hole. Justin Thomas is a very thoughtful, calculated, you very hardly ever see Justin Thomas making rash decisions on the golf course. Mm -hmm. He is a long hitter, one of the longest we have on our tour. Justin Thomas is not affected mentally by Bryson DeJambeau. He knows what he's got to do, and he's all about getting business done. That's, that's his deal finished 12th last year in the Masters and that's his best finish he's had. This is his fifth time playing. Um, Dustin Johnson coming in at number three and last year he finished runner up. Yeah, I was, I was really pleased to see Dust, uh, Dustin Johnson come back from COVID, had a good week last week in Houston. This is going to help him this week because he shakes off everything. We hear him, people asking him controversial questions about Brooks Koepka he says, he's not your friend anymore. And he's like, well, that's, that's his opinion. I don't, if he doesn't want to be my friend, he's not my friend. I don't think he's affected at all. And I think his form is just rounding in just at the right time. Focus, laser focus on his shot. And that's what he's working on. And uh, third on the PGA Tour for distance. I mean, we know that. Um, average distance of putts made is 28th. We've seen it so much recently when he gets hot on the greens. Stepping on the first tee, Diane, knowing where you have to hit the ball at Augusta. Augusta becomes, not only, do, not only do the players know what they have to do on each hole, we know what they have to do on each hole. Hey, John Ram comes in at number four. This is going to be his fifth time playing. Finished ninth last year, fourth the year before. Um, again, Ram is a bomber. It's just about keeping it together. Ram plays the ball left to right. A lot of people, Tiger Woods included, have always talked about trying to curve the ball right to left. However, every time we see Tiger Woods win the Masters, he goes back to that power fade shot. Because why? Left avoidance at Augusta National is very important. Let's take a quick left on 10, no good. Left on 11, no good. Left on 12, no good. 13, no good. 14, no good. 15, no good. 16, no good. 17, 18, no good. What does John Rahm do the best in his game? Curves the ball left to right, like Jack Nicholas. I think John Rahm can play good enough. I think he's mean enough. I think he wants it enough to be able to go, you know what? I'm going to beat Bryson DeGembeau at his peak. Nice. Brooks Kepka at number five. We just saw him secure a top five finish at the Houston Open. Um, he's healthy again. It was great to watch him play the weekend because he just made the cut in Houston and then found this incredible form Saturday and Sunday. Um, he's so fun to watch and another one who is not bothered by Bryson. No, uh, Pat Perez stayed with me last week. As you know, he played a practice round with Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka. He predicted that Brooks wasn't playing too well when they played a practice round, wasn't hitting the ball solid. Looks like he found some form. I did see on Instagram, we were all worried about his patella. He, in fact, he was worried about it, and that caused problems above that. But I think I saw him like squatting 600 pounds on, the, on Instagram or something. So, okay, his leg's fine, okay? Um, I think there's a little bit of friction there between Bryson and Brooks, and there's, there's no other foe bigger and stronger and faster and meaner than Brooks Kepka if he's going to go against Bryson DeJambeau. Yeah. So that would be an interesting matchup on Sunday, wouldn't it? I would love that. There would be nothing better. Is Rory McIlroy eventually going to win a green jacket this year? Well, well Rory, of course, is, is looking for the Grand Slam. A couple of things that are very interesting to me, Diane, that I'm a little concerned about Rory is he's been practicing getting more distance. Why does he need more distance? He was the longest hitter at the U.S. Open. He was longer than Bryson. He's changed to a brand new ball this week, a tailor-made ball to get more distance. Why would you change ball? Would Jack Nicholas change his ball going into the Masters after he's been successful forever with the other ball? I think anyone is in Rory's head. It's Bryson. Absolutely. He is chasing him like crazy, and I wish he would just stop it. 
-huh. And, you know, Rory hasn't won in quite a while. He's been in this mode, Diane, where he's trying to turn golf on like a car. Like, I want to do it now. I don't think golf's that way. I think, I think it's a build-up thing. I think it's going to be very hard for him to get started. Okay. Well, he is number six on our list this week. Xander Shoffley is coming in at number seven. Xander is always one of my picks, especially for the big tournaments. And last year, finishing second um, alongside DJ, what do you think about Xander's form right now and potentially going out there and getting that win? Well, he's the best iron that we've seen so in the group that we've just spoken about. I'm not going to say that my game was like Alexander Schauffele's, but my game was all about the irons. If I could position myself at Augusta and then get my irons, sometimes I'm, I'm going to try to be 30 feet to the right of the flag instead of three feet on the other side. He's the best iron player that we've spoken about. And he'll know that he's going to be nowhere near those guys we just spoke about off the tee. Okay. Xander Schauffele's game is about hitting the iron shot. He is... Even though odds makers don't have great odds on him, he is the guy that has the skill set to be able to put the irons where he has to. Yeah. Um, another guy who's had success here and finished uh, top five last year is Tony Finau, finished 10th the year before. Um, with Finau, there's always just that question mark on whether he can kind of cross that finish line strongly. But his numbers are so good right now, you know, driving distance. He's another one that's been on social media talking about hitting it further and further and further. So that's going to be good. And his form is pretty good heading into this week. He would certainly be a very popular Masters champion. Mm -hmm. However, uh, Diane, he's only won once on the tour uh, a long, quite, a, quite a while back. I've already thrown out everyone that hasn't won a tournament. I've all, also thrown out every person that hasn't played at Augusta before because I don't think they can beat the guys we've already spoken about. This is probably the easiest tournament to handicap that ever was. Tony Finau's got a chance. Yeah. He has got a chance, but we all know that that putter of his is, gets pretty wobbly. Can Tony keep hitting the ball into the correct side of the green where he can make the putting, take the pressure off his putting? We've seen Tiger being able to do it. We've seen Tiger chip in from left of the green at 16, up the hill and back down. Does Tony know that kind of stuff around Augusta? Of course he doesn't. Nobody does. Nobody's a freak like Tiger. Does he have all the little stuff to keep it going? And his weakest link is probably the thing he needs the most, which is putting. Okay. So I don't have him up the board as, as far as you do, but it would be a very popular win. Coming in, well, completing nine and 10 are two former champions. First of all, Bubba Watson, who's got two green jackets in his locker. His form has been good lately. Last two finishes, he's been fourth and seventh. So he's finding this form heading into a course that he's got amazing memories at. Super course for Bubba. You never know, of course, who's going to show up. He uh, is a very emotional player. Um, is he affected by Bryson? Probably not. I mean, Bubba plays Bubba golf. I mean, he hits big slices and big draws. He knows where to go. He knows what to do. If anyone can maneuver the ball and get it in position, it's Bubba. Now, the same as Tony Finnell, his weakest link is the one he needs the most, and that's the putter. Um, it's funny you say that because the guy at number 10, that's definitely his nemesis too. But also the thing that if he can sort out, he's going to be a real contender this week. And that is Adam Scott. Adam Scott, of course, Aussie, um, coming off COVID. It was good to see him play Houston Open last week. We all know that Adam Scott's swing action will probably sit him dead center of almost every fairway at Augusta. Yeah. Um, he plays the long putter off his chest, or is he? Is he moved back? He does occasionally. He moves back and forth, but we know Adam Scott can play consistent golf. Can he hang over four days? Can Adam shoot 70, 70, 69 and position himself somewhere under that magic number of 12, 13 under that we? Already have projected what the, the, the winning score will be, Diane, because everybody's on a big push. We'll see some guys peel off like a car crash because they're trying to, they're trying to shoot low scores because, look, let's face it, even par is not going to do anything this week.
Yeah. Right. Okay. So that is our full top 10. Bryson DeChambeau, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, John Ram, Brooks Kepka, Rory McElroy, Xander Shoffley, Tony Finau, Bubba Watson, and Adam Scott. But if Elk, if I was to put you on the spot right now, I know what the answer is, but one name? Well, Bryson DeChambeau is the benchmark, Diane, and uh, it's going to be interesting and fun to see what he's doing. Justin Thomas and Dustin Johnson, those two are very interesting to me. Whenever we competed on tour, Diane, whether it was playing against Jack Nicholas when I first got out there, Tom Watson, then it became Tiger Woods. Um, it was very intimidating playing against those guys, but the reward was, what if? What, what if? if I could beat Jack Nicholas this week? Would that make my victory even sweeter? And of course, the answer is yes. I think Dustin Thomas and Dustin Johnson are the two that are up for it the most. Okay. So I'm watching those two really close. Coming up soon, I'm going to be joined by Jay Kaplan to talk about our sizzlers, fizzlers, and those all-important dark horse picks. I'm warning you now, he's going to gloat a little bit, um, but he's got reason to. So that's coming up. But first, Andrew Landry is in the field this week, his second Masters. And I caught up with him to discuss his preparations for a tournament that's at a very different time of the year. Uh, we're just need to hit the ball in the fairway. I mean, yesterday, I think the, the shortest club, um, I think the shortest club I hit in on the bag nine was a six iron. Wow. Um, besides the, you know, I hit six iron in on 10, 11, uh, four iron on 13, five iron on 14, three iron, Six iron on 16, okay. four iron on 17, six iron on 18. So I'll, six iron was the shortest club I hit in on the back nine. And that's a, you know, having, having like a couple of years ago or last year, I was, you know, hitting sevens and eight irons wow. in these holes. And now I'm hitting six and five irons. So okay. it's, um, it's, it's playing a couple, couple clubs shorter right now. And, um, and then when you get some rain and, you know, balls not balls maybe plugging in the fairway could mm -hmm. potentially play a lot longer. You know, the fans at Augusta National are they're I mean they're patrons. They're not fans. They're so respectful. It's always such an amazing environment, and it's one of those that has to be seen to be believed. Almost no fans this year. How do you think that's going to change things a little bit out there? It's different. Uh, that golf course is so peaceful when there's no one out there. Um, but uh, we got a little glimpse of of um, of some fans last week in Houston, and I'll tell you what, it gave me chills to get back on the tee and to whenever they announce your name and, and to hear people clapping and um, to hear some roars around the golf course, and um, it was it felt you know it felt like you were back at home, you know, and um, it's cool to be able to have the fans, and the fans are what make it, and. I love playing in front of people and you can ask every single person on the PGA tour. They all love it as well. And it gets you going. And, um, you know, just to be able to not have the fans and the roars, you know, echo through those trees. Um, it was, uh, it's, it's a special, special deal whenever you can have that and, they're going to be very, very missed this uh, this season. So thank you to Andrew Landry catching up with us from Augusta and, of course, wishing him all the best for his second Masters. Now, I did say that I was going to be joined by Jay Kaplan, who a couple of weeks ago I introduced as my producer. He usually works behind the scenes, but he's made a couple of guest appearances. And, dude, you've done pretty well. So Elk was like, we need to make sure we get Jay back on to talk about some of the picks. So just like every tour player, you know, I've been pacing myself to build up to this week since it's uh, the Masters. And I feel like I'm ready. I feel like I've delivered uh, on some goods. And uh, I, got a, I have a special pick today and maybe some other choice thoughts. I knew you were going to gloat a little bit. And I'm going to let you. I'll big you up here because the past two weeks on the PGA Tour, Bermuda Championship and the Houston Open, your dark horse picks have finished fourth. Uh, Matt Jones a couple of weeks ago and then last week it was Sepp Straka which what I mean a bit of a random pick so yeah you know really Diane happy. I'm not satisfied I'm not satisfied with fourth I want to pick <laughs> the winner and this week I'm not sure I'm picking the winner but I do feel good about my dark horse pick 
Okay, right. We've got so many to get through. We've done the top 10 with Elk. So we're going to get right into our sizzlers. Now, the first guy that we're going to talk about today um, is European. And he's one of few Europeans that comes over from playing on the European tour to the PGA tour, to majors, and does really, really well. It's almost like his game is better suited to over here. And it's kind of a rare thing, but we're talking about Terrell Hatton. Now, he won on the European Tour, the BMW Championship, then came over and played in Vegas right away, finished third, just finishing seventh at the Houston Open last week. And the thing about Terrell Hatton's game, Jay, is he is dialed in with that approach shot. There's few people that are really better than Hatton when it comes to playing those long irons into greens. You're right, Diane. And, you know, I'm going to go with a few uh, non-data gut trends since we have to treat the masters separately. Um, The first thing we learned, and we got this from Alc, was that Hatton seems to play very well in America. He actually plays better here than he does in Europe. Now that says a lot. He just won in Europe recently. Mm -hmm. Um, and it always seems like there's a European player that contends in the masters. I mean, we've seen starting with Seve, we've seen Faldo, we've seen, uh, Danny Willett, who we talked about a couple weeks ago, not so nicely. And of course he's in the field this week. Uh, Hatton's a great pick. Uh, he's green across our board, statistically speaking, his proximity to the hole, he's 17th. Uh, his challenge is going to be just like everybody else's challenge. The intimidation of the greens, at a, making sure he is on the proper spot on the green so he can give himself the score. And as Elk said before, if you don't hit the right place, you're not scoring. Mm-hmm. In fact, you're not going to play well. We think he's going to uh, hit it in the right spot. We think he's playing well. He fits the bill as being European. I think this is the guy that's going to be the European contender this week. That's why we like him. The only thing that may go against Hatton, looking at his 2021 stats so far, is driving distance. He's 139th on the tour for distance. And we've already heard from Andrew Landry that this time of year, that's going to be really important because the course is playing a lot softer and a lot longer. But um, yeah, we think Hatton is a good pick. Our next guy turns up at majors and just finished T17 at the US Open. He's another European and he's had a huge amount of success over here. I'm going to talk a little bit about his finishes at the Masters too, but it's Paul Casey, who's our second sizzler today. Now, last year he did miss the cup, but before that he'd finished sixth, fourth, sixth, and 15th respectively. So this guy, he knows how to play the course. Paul Casey's showing up for the 14th time in Augusta. Uh, We know the course is playing long. It's, it, it's soft. Uh, I also know that he has the experience on, again, where to hit it on the green to give himself a chance. Uh, he's climbed our charts. And we talk about Casey being a veteran player. He's been on tour for such a long time. He's played here, you were saying, his 14th time. When he gets hot on the greens, it seems like the hole's enormous and he misses nothing. Um, Even putting from five to 10 feet, he is coming in at 66th on the PGA Tour, but he has weeks where he doesn't miss. No, so it's not going to be surprising when he's uh, in contention uh, over the weekend, and he will be. Uh, he's 66 to one in Vegas. I love those odds for him. Um, he's a guy you can just count on. Yeah. And uh, do I think he's going to win? Eh, but he's going to be up there and he's going to be a great value mm-hmm. at 66 to one. And I love the fact that he's 43rd in driving distance. That's going to be around the bottom of the cut line, but he's going to be accurate. He's going to be on the green. He's going to make some putts. He'll I, I like Paul Casey this week. Yeah. I, and Terrell Hatton, our other sizzler, is 28 to 1 at the time of recording. Right, we've got a couple of guys. We're not going to go too big into the guys that are our fizzlers this week, but guys that they're big names. We're just saying, ah, well, I wouldn't put my money on them, would you? Our first one, it's a bit of a weird one because 
he's been Mr. Consistent, predictable. He's featured in our top 10 on pretty much every tournament that he's teed up in. But we're saying Webb Simpson is a fizzler this week. Jade, do you agree with that? A hundred percent. And I'll tell you why. I'm kind of sore at him. We've yeah. had this guy ranked in our top 10. We've had him ranked first three times. And he's either missed the cut or hasn't played well. We keep putting him up there based on his statistical play. Um, you can throw all that stuff out the window this week. He's not long enough. Um, ever since he made the mistake of sitting out one of the playoff events, karma has come back to bite this dude. Yeah. I'm not saying his game's not okay. It's probably fine. He's just not going to compete when you have to be long and you're chasing a guy who's playing a different game. This is a terrible matchup between player and course. So I'm not going to be surprised one bit. Go ahead. Yeah, he's played in the Masters eight times before. And we have to note that last year he finished fifth. But I don't know. His game's just not in the same place as it was. I feel like even when you look at his finishes, he's had great finishes last three, 17th, 13th and 8th. But I just think from everything we've heard, distance is going to be so important and he just doesn't have it. Diane, he's 201 on tour in approaches from 150 to 175. That's Augusta National. Yeah. That should sum it up right there for you. He's not going to be in scoring position. I look at him as somebody who's not going to be yeah. faring well this week. Another guy is a major champion of this year. He won the PGA Championship. But Colin Morikawa, we're just not putting him up there for the Masters. And again, another name that a lot of people will gravitate towards, especially winning a major during this season. But we don't think this one is going to be the one for him. Driving distance, he's 143rd. Put, it's putting for Morikawa, and it's a weird one to see, but he's 256th average distance of putts made with these 2021 stats. So the flat stick is not on fire right now. Jay, would you put your money on Morikawa? Not one bit. In fact, uh, we've talked about first time masters participants this is his first time there it's overwhelming in yeah. fact uh it takes three to four times to really start to feel like okay i get a grip on maybe how to play or play uh around the layout this is his first time he has not played well since he won the pga he just hasn't his numbers reflect it you said 256 and uh, average distance from putt. He's five, from five to 10 feet. He's 198th. We have him 45th in form, not playing well. We know he's a big name. He's uh, official world golf ranking four. Yeah. We had him initially ranked fourth in our field. He's plummeting. He's not going to play well. I'm in total agreement about Colin Morikawa. Yeah, it's a fall of 50 places. And he's 33 to 1. So for a lot of people, they might see him as a great value bet, but we're just not picking him this week. So uh, our stay away froms are Webb Simpson and Colin Morikawa. So Jay, now it's your time to shine with the dark horse picks. And these are going to be fun this week. I'm going to kick off with mine since you're doing so well. You know, it's almost like we're saving the best till last. And my guy is 250 to one. Now, you were just saying there was Morikawa that you wouldn't really pick someone who's playing in their first Masters. I'm not saying this guy's going to win, but I'm saying he could be a great value pick for a top 10 finish. And that is JT Poston. Now, he just finished 20th at the Houston Open, but... He was in contention. He just had a few uh, dodgy holes that really seemed to cost him a bit. But when it comes to greens and regs, sticking the ball close, maybe his stats this year don't show it, but he's so good at that. And he is amazing at putting. His stats do show that. 40th in average distance of putts made and 21st in putting 5 to 10 feet. So I think, um, even though it's his first Masters, he's such a chill, composed guy. I think he's going to handle that pretty well. Um, so I'm saying keep your eyes peeled for JT Poston this week. I like the postman. And in fact, I think you're right, Diane. I just think you're four years too early. Diane, I appreciate your pick on your dark horse, but 
this is my wheelhouse. As you know, I love the underdog. And we, like you said, we really are looking at value here. We may not be picking the winner outright, but we're trying to shoot for a top five guy that might help your daily picks or if you're going head to head. Um, and we had a lot of good feedback the last two weeks from our picks, people winning money, which is great. This week, I'm taking a guy with a very common name. Um, I mentioned earlier that Augusta takes three to four years to finally feel like maybe you can figure it out. So one of the things that stood out to me about this pick is this is his fourth go around at the Masters. Um, he's a guy that is, shows a lot of green across the board, uh, 32 in putting. Um, he's 100 from distant putts, distance of putts made. So we always talk about having to overcome that one statistic uh, for this guy, it's going to be driving distance. He does have a top five finish here. In 2018, this guy finished fifth, which tells me he's more than comfortable getting around here. My dark horse pick this week is Cameron Smith. Okay, I like it. I'm just going to throw out one more name as a dark horse pick, and that is Matt Wallace. 150 to 1. Um, hits the ball a mile, 16th on the PGA Tour. This is a guy that plays on the European Tour a lot. Right, very quickly, I want to say thank you to Steve Elkington for helping us out on the show today. Also, Andrew Landry and all of our other secret golf contributors who gave us a lot of information about how Augusta National is playing. Jay, thank you to you. And before you go, I need one name, overall winner. Who do you think? Bryson DeChambeau, without a doubt. Okay. Um, and what are you most looking forward to this week? We like to end on that. It's Augusta. <laughs> That's it. Nothing else needs to be said. That's it. My, my one name, um, and I've just got this gut feeling I'm going for Brooks Kepka. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't think Elk agrees with me either, but I'm just going to put it out there. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for watching our special HG Tour report for the Masters. We're going to be back next week for the RSM Classic, but no one's really thinking about that right now. It's all about Augusta National, and make sure you have a great week of watching. Right. See <laughs> a lot. I did tell you. I spoke to Andrew Landry at the start of the week and what I'm going to do now is play the full like 20-25 minutes with him because he was so great and there's some brilliant information in there as well. So this is Andrew Landry playing in his second Masters. Um, very different. Is it? Very different from an April uh, Masters. Um, visually you walk out and you're like man it's so beautiful and um, it, it's going to look the same and once you start playing it, you realize how um, soft it is already and um, the greens are much slower. And I do know that it's Sunday and I do know that they were going to have to uh, get that going. But um, they um, everything is so, um, you know, it's kind of 50-50 right now. It's Bermuda, 50% of it's Bermuda, 50% of it is overseas rye. And uh, the greens are obviously perfect as always. And um but yeah, they, they are, you can definitely tell that, um, it's November. So, yeah. um, still the golf courses, you know, one of the best golf courses that I've, that I've ever played and I love it out here. And, um, I was fortunate enough to kind of miss the cut last week to, to get out of there. So I played with your brother last week. <laughs> I was, uh, I was going to say that to you, like there's never a, a plus side to missing the cup, but if there was one week where there was going to be a slight benefit to missing it, that was it. Cause you could get to for, Augusta a little bit early, I guess. For sure. For sure. I tapped your brother on the shoulder last week and I said, have fun playing this course. If it makes you feel any better, I'll be playing Augusta National tomorrow. He's <laughs> gutted. I know. Well, he finished at T15, so, I mean, it was a finish for him. But he, um, I think for any player that's not playing in the Masters, it's a bittersweet week. And it's like you are so obsessed with golf that, of course, you're going to watch it. And you've got friends out there that you're going to cheat on and want to do well. But, man, it has to be a kicker when you don't get to play. <laughs> For sure. For sure. That is, um, it's, you know, this is one, one tournament that you wish you were always at. And, um, you know, regardless of the, the time of year, it's, um, it's a special place. So last year was your first trip to Augusta National and we were there and we talked to your brother for a little while actually, cause he was so excited. And with this being your second year, do you still have the same unbelievable feeling when you drive through the gates of Magnolia Lane? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I don't think that that feeling will, um, will ever go away. Um, it's so, you know, it's, it's something that you work for your entire life to get to do. And, um, you know, just to be able to do it once is a great opportunity to be able to do it multiple times. Um, you know, you look at guys like Phil Mickelson and Zach Johnson, those guys that have done it, you know, they're going to do it for the rest of their lives. And yeah. that's such a special moment to be able to have that and be able to cherish that for the rest of your life. And, um, it's just a perfect place. You know, it's the, the golf course is perfect. The staff's unbelievable. And, um, it's just nice to be able to, um, to come back here. So with you playing it last year, and we know that the conditions are different and we talked about that and we'll talk about it again, but after playing it once and, and you made the cut, so you got all four rounds, what were your takeaways from Augusta national and your strategy, how you were going to apply that year after year, hopefully? Um, honestly, I think it's some, some of the pin locations are, um, they look like they're just sitting on top of just a three by three piece of dirt and it's on, you know, a plateau. And, um, and the, the biggest thing I learned was sometimes it's better to be short-sighted at Augusta National than it is to be putting from 30 feet. So, um, with that being said, you know, there's some whole locations that, um, I'm going to go at and you're, you're going to see guys go at and you're going to be like, wow, would you ever go with those, that pin? And, um, it's just a little bit easier chip shot than it is a putt. So, um, you know, take for instance, the front right pin on 16, um, the one that's kind of on that right slope over there. Um, it's better to be, if you, if you miss the green, right, you're chipping straight up the hill. And if not, then you kind of have to have a pretty footer up and over, uh, up and over a big slope in the green and, um, to, you know, control your speed. So, um, sometimes it's better to just, you know, take and try to go hit you a good shot. And, um, if you pull it off, great. If not, then, you know, you're going to have a good easy chip shot up straight up the hill. Okay. There's so much talk right now about driving distance and everything that Bryson's doing. How much of an advantage do you think distance is off the tee around here? Uh, this week, huge. It's going to be so big not even funny it's because the golf course is playing so slow i mean it's so slow right now um the, the fairways soft and we're about to get i think an inch and a half of rain tomorrow so it's going to play even longer and um i don't know I, I wouldn't think that they would do anything with the tee boxes but it, i could be wrong um it's uh it's going to play a, a, it's a big golf course this year so um you know, Bryson does have a huge advantage and, um, I was, I was kind of paying attention to some of the spots that he was driving at yesterday. Cause he was kind of play, he was playing the front nine. We were playing the back nine and we were coming down 17. He was going down seven and I mean, I saw him, he was like 40 yards out on seven from the green. And I was just like, wow, man, how did you even get there? But, and then nine, he, he, he drove it, you know, way down past the trees, um, on the left. And, you know, that's, you, you open up that fairway and, you know, you have all the way from seven green all the way to the scoreboard on nine is his fairway. So it's a 300 yard long fairway, you know, that he can, a 300 yard wide fairway that he can hit because he's driving it down so far. So um, it's a big advantage. That golf course is going to open up a lot for him. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, he's, he's got to be a huge favorite this week. Out on tour, is everyone watching him? Like the golf world is oh, yeah. talking about him all the time. I feel like week after week, there's something new that he's doing or on social media or we see him in a tournament. But are you guys really watching everything he's doing too? I, I do. I, I love it. I think that, um, you know, I'll never be able to, I'm just, you know, I'm a five, seven guy. I'm not going to hit it 400 yards, but um, I think it's really cool to see mm -hmm. um, a guy like that um doing it his own way and you know and he's always kind of he's always done it his own way and um you know to be able to to go out and build muscle and gain that much speed and um you know go out and and win a u.s open and win multiple pga tour events and i think that's that incredible um it comes you know from hard work and he's done he's doing unbelievable. And I think that that's, um, I think that that's crazy that I'm just hoping that, you know, something bad doesn't happen to his back or something like that. And I, I, I root for the guy. I really do. And I, I think that 
um, he's one of the nicest guys on the PGA Tour, and I think he's one of the hardest workers on the PGA Tour. He's always the last one leaving the range, and um, you know he's he's from the minute I saw him back at Colonial um, when we came back, I told my caddy I said he's going to be the number one player in the world, and he's gonna and he's not gonna let off. Mm-mm. And I, he's not there yet, but I truly believe that he'll be there very, very, very soon. And I don't think that no one's going to take it away from him. It's amazing to watch. It really is on any course. But I think leading up to this week, this is like the pinnacle. It's the one that we've all been waiting to see. And it's it's so interesting to know that guys on tour are thinking the exact same thing. Like Augusta National, it's so strategic. And you see it with Tiger. Like he's played it so many times. It's that smart play. He mentally knows how to play the course. And Bryson's going to attack it in a completely different way this week. 100%. 100%. It's going to be... Um... You know, it's going to be unbelievable to watch because, you know, he's he's the best putter on the PGA Tour, um, especially inside of 10 feet. And he's one of the best putters, you know, and he's the longest hitter. He's, uh, you know, top 30 in, in his iron play. It's just it's just unbelievable stats. You know, it's oh. just crazy. It's just crazy to me that, you know, you can be that great at golf and um I don't think I'll ever get there, but I don't really care. I just want to. Be, I just want to be my. I just want to be like top fifty and just keep on rolling. Well, I mean, come on, you've got two wins under your belt already, so I think you're doing fine. Um, I'm doing about fine. The, the Masters is, and you obviously watched it on TV for so many years before you got to play there. And I've been lucky enough to visit a few times, but when you're watching it on TV, I don't think you realize the elevation changes. And it's, sure. a, it's a hilly walk, it really is, but especially the undulation on the greens. They're known for it, but when you watch it on TV, sometimes it really doesn't come across as undulated as it really is. For sure. It's, um, they've got severe slopes out there, and, um, but it's, it's so severe that it's fair. You know, like there's, there's um, it, it's just a, it's, it's, the, it's the most well-designed golf course that I've ever played. Like every single thing about the golf course is perfect. Mm-hmm. And um, there, there's not really one thing that I wouldn't change besides the tee on five. Like I don't think that I would ever change. I would, that hole doesn't need to be that long. Mm-hmm. And um, it, that's, the only, that's the only flaw of that golf course that I can ever pick apart. And um, it's just so – everything is fair. You can go out and – play a great round of golf and be rewarded mm-hmm. and you can get your butt whipped and um it'd be it'd be tough so uh, if you don't have control of your irons and um your driver you're gonna be you're gonna be playing a lot from the trees and and having a hard time so uh but yeah that it's a tough walk um uh, we were trying to play 18 yesterday because we knew that we were going to get some rain this week and just try to get as many rounds as possible. And, you know, it's, you don't get that opportunity very often to go out there and just play Augusta national as much as you want. So, um, but we played nine yesterday and we were like, damn, man, we're tired. Like it's a tough walk. It's, it's very up and down and um, you just kind of have to save your legs and save your energy for the week because you're going to need it. Yeah. Had you been to visit before, you know, over the past couple of months before playing it at the weekend? No, um, you know, I did that last time. Um, everybody was like, you need to go play it, you need to go play it. And then I talked to a couple guys on the PGA Tour, and they were like, nah, you don't. He's like, it doesn't really matter. He's like, it's one of the easiest golf courses to pick apart. And it was, it, because everything is so right there in front of you mm-hmm. that, you know, you just, you can do whatever. You, the only thing that's not right there in front of you is some of the putts. Um you know, you've got to you've got to kind of start to understand some of the breaks of um, of what you know. Some some putts maybe do a little bit different things, and that's what I'm trying to get at. But um, but tee to green, the golf course is the easiest to pick apart. I mean, you've got to hit it here and you've got to hit it there, and that's just it. Like it's you know, it's it's easy. So um, I didn't I didn't come back and and um, play it. Um, just because I felt like I had a pretty good understanding of what I needed to do. So, um, but, and it's plays so different. It's, it's it, right now it's playing so different than what it's going to play on Thursday. So, uh-huh. and with this time of year, you said that it's softer, it's playing longer. What do you and your caddy plan out? Because the wind is going to be a big factor this week. We've already talked about the fact that more rain is forecast. So what kind of conversations do you guys have to have out there? Uh, we're just need to hit the ball on the fairway. I mean, <laughs> yesterday, I think the, the shortest club, um, I think the shortest club I hit in on the back nine was a six iron. Wow. 
Um, besides the, you know, I hit six iron in on 10, 11, uh, four iron on 13, five iron on 14, three iron, six iron on 16, okay. four iron on 17, six iron on 18. So I'll, six iron was the shortest club I hit in on the back nine. And that's a, you know, having, having like a couple of years ago or last year, I was, you know, hitting sevens and eight irons wow. in these holes and now I'm hitting six and five irons. So okay. it's, um, it's, it's playing a couple, couple clubs shorter right now. And, um, and then when you get some rain and, you know, balls not fall with maybe plugging in the fairway it could mm-hmm. potentially play a lot longer, you know? The fans at Augusta National are, they're, I mean, they're patrons. They're not fans. They're so respectful. It's always such an amazing environment. And it's one of those that has to be seen to be believed almost. No fans this year. How do you think that's going to change things a little bit out there? It's different. Uh, that golf course is so peaceful when there's no one out there. Um, but uh, we got a little glimpse of of, um, of some fans last week in Houston. And I'll tell you what, it gave me chills to get back on the tee and to whenever they announce your name and, and to hear people clapping and um, to hear some roars around the golf course. And um, it was, it felt, you know, it felt like you were back at home, you know, and um, it's cool to be able to have the fans and the fans are what make it. And I love playing in front of people and you can ask every single person on the PGA tour. They all love it as well. And it gets you going. And, um, you know, just to be able to not have the fans and the roars, you know, echo through those trees. Um, it was, uh, it's, it's a special, special deal whenever you can have that. And it, they're going to be very, very missed this, uh, this season. Talking of the roars, I mean, what we saw last year with Tiger winning was just unbelievable. And that fan reaction, it gives you chills right now, even thinking about it. We have to talk about Tiger because obviously it's he's been the defending Masters champion for a lot longer than we had anticipated. But with what you've seen of him recently in his game and coming back to Augusta, what are your views on, on Tiger potentially going back to back? Uh- I don't even know. I don't even put anything past that guy because he is, uh, he's not even human. So, um, you know, he, he hasn't showed up in a little, in a little while. I think Sherwood maybe it was his last one and he maybe not performed as well as he wanted, but, um, you never know. I mean, he's, he's, he gets in his mindset and, um, this belief in what he's done and who knows. I mean, we're going to a place that he's played probably more than anyone, um, in the field and, he's been successful at more than anyone in the field. So um, this is like Riviera, you know, you just don't mess with him here. And you, uh, and, uh, or Tori Pancha, I say, you just don't mess with him. It's just, it's, it's one of those deals where he, he's going to show up and he's going to perform regardless yeah. of, um, I mean, he's one of the best shot makers and regardless if he's playing from the trees or not, he can still, he can still whip you. Mm-hmm. There's so much hype around the Masters this year. We've been waiting for it for so long. We know the conditions are going to be different. There's what Bryson could potentially do. Tiger back is defending champion. And I feel like um, it's going to be a special week. It's always a special week at this place. But man, you must be feeling it too. I'm ready, ready to get going. It's it's one of these weeks where um, you, you just kind of get a little bit of anxiety as soon as you get here because you're just like so ready to go and uh you just got to kind of have to pace yourself and like today I slept in and um just kind of get as much rest as I can because I know that the rain delays and things like that could be a a big factor this week so just kind of take it easy just do nine and nine every single day and um save my legs and try to eat as as possible and um my parents actually came this week to to keep Brooks and um to where my wife can come out and uh, well, I'll tell you story though, but we, yesterday, this is, you know, I'm, I'm heading into um, the, I turn into Magnolia lane and my wife's driving and she hasn't taken her Corona test yet. So right. they make her turn around and I have to drive down Magnolia lane in a security golf cart. <laughs> oh, <no>. Wow. <laughs> The I mean, police officer, they wouldn't let her in the gate. So she had to go. First of all, she must be mortified. <laughs> I didn't even know. Like, I didn't know that. Because yeah. they've, they've changed so many rules since, like, it was moved. So, um, anyways, yeah, she had to be tested. And they wouldn't even let her just drop, 
drop me off. Like that's all that I was going to do. So she was going to drop me off and head back to the house. And yeah, so they all the cops were laughing. They were like, this, this made our day, we, you know, first time down Magnolia Lane, know, you know, this yeah. season. And you're, you're driving on a golf cart through on oh, with wow. security guard. <laughs> but, so your family get to walk the course with you though, during the tournament? No, um, really? Elizabeth's going to be the only one. Okay. Yeah, they're they're only allowing your spouse um, or significant other, and um, that's it. Wow. There's no ropes. Um, wow. There's nothing. It, there's it's just a it's just a blank golf course out there, and um, it's it's very very weird. Um, you know, being able to just just walking around, not seeing anyone out there. I can't even picture it. Like, I'm so excited for it to start on Thursday for many reasons, but that's one of the things is seeing that course with nobody on it. Like, it's going to be a very yep. bizarre thing to see. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 definitely different. Um, walking, you know, hitting your second shot into 15 and looking over there left and not being able to see grandstands and people over there on 16T and it's just wide open over there now. And there's just like, there's nothing over there. So, um, it's different. It's, it's, um, it's very, uh, unique now and I'm, it's just going to be weird. (laughs) It's back to the weirdness of, uh, having no fans. Mm -hmm. Especially after seeing them last week. And, uh, my last thing to ask you is, do they have a merchandise stand or a shop where you can go in and buy things this year? So the, the clubhouse has um, only the players and the significant other or wife or uh, can go in and purchase some things, but they did open, I think the patron shop maybe online or something. I'm not sure, but um, I think you can go online and and order some stuff if you wanted and they would ship it to you. So (laughs) yeah, we're going to, we're going to probably go in either today or tomorrow and and pick up a few things. Um, Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. All my coffee mugs, all my coffee mugs at home are, are all master's coffee mugs. So yeah, um, it's good, good reminder to wake up every morning, you know, dream big. That's a lovely way to put it. I bought the, uh, the Tervis, like the big plastic cups every year. Yep. I've bought four. So we're going to have a little party on Saturday and have all our friends over and do like a master's theme party. I'm like, I've got the cups and like a typical patron, the little plastic cups that you would get, I would collect them every year. So, Oh yeah. <laughs> Andrew, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, especially on a morning that you were sleeping in and chilling out a little bit, but have the best week. We wish you all the success. And of course, we're always so happy to see you go out and play well. And I hope it's a special week. Thank you, Diane. He's so good. I hope he has a brilliant week this week as well. It's interesting what he said about the course with no fans, how it's very peaceful. And um, I mean, I'm lucky enough to have been there a few times and it is peaceful even with fans. It's an amazing atmosphere. So it's going to be, I mean, it is going to be a Masters unlike any other. And I'm just excited to see the course as always. I'm excited to see what Bryson's going to do too. Before I go, just want to remind you about the SG Tour golf gaming app, which is live this week. Head into the app store on your iPhone and search for the SG Tour. Now, what you can do there is play along in public games. We have loads of them on the go this week. Or you can create a private game and invite your friends to play along with you. Now, the four ball means that you just go and pick four guys. They're all divided up by their official world golf ranking into four categories. You pick one from each category and then the lowest aggregate score wins. We also have one day games as well, which gets really fun on moving day, closing day, after the cut's been made. And, you know, there's public games, as I said, private games, whatever you want to do, but it's definitely worth downloading the app and having a little play around. And hopefully with all of our information, you can win some money this week. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. As always, I know it was jam-packed today and there was so much information, but hopefully it all helps. And we'll be back with another one next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.